What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we're going to find out uh, what teams should be panicking and what teams should be feeling good about themselves. Uh, a pretty down week on the lock board. We'll get to that. And then, man, oh, man, is the news and everything heating up for the NBA. We got free agency and draft coming up next week. It's uh, all the stuff in the NBA is happening right at the same time, which I don't like, but let me introduce you to the rest of our crew. What's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And, uh, yeah, pretty disappointing week for me on the lock board this week. Uh, probably, I think this tied for my worst week I've had, um, mostly thanks to DeAndre Hopkins and that catch. Um, thanks for that. And uh, But the Steelers <laughs> are still undefeated, so still riding high with that, and I'm uh, excited hmm. for another go-around. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? This is... Eric, your ranting co-host, probably won't get into it this episode, but I could rant about my Thunder basically looking like they're about to trade the whole team. But, <laughs> Just uh, like last year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Nothing man. new. <laughs> I was like, we were supposed to rebuild last year, but then we didn't, so now we're rebuilding. But anyway, uh, while it wasn't a great week for me on the lock board, I did have the best week, so I can't complain there. And uh, excited to do some more NFL NBA talk. It's starting already. <laughs> Uh-oh, Nate, you there? Nate. What's up? What's up? We just started about that. <laughs> yep, here I am. Um, um, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Nate here. Um, I definitely didn't have a good week with any of my picks on Lockboard and uh, regular NFL, but at least um, my Pats had an upset win, That's so true. it wasn't all bad this weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, looking forward to hopefully a better week this week and uh, um, talking a little bit more about the NBA, having some exciting stuff coming up. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I think, I think Nate's nickname needs to be remade and re- needs to be uh, the internet co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's giving me some trouble since I've been here. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's weird. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I, I know that feeling. Um, so we start out like always with around the shield and I'll let Connor kind of explain what all this on the screen means. Um, hopefully if you're watching, uh, you're not like pressing your fist at the panic button cause you're paranoid about what all this stuff means, but Connor, <laughs> <laughs> Connor, tell, tell, tell the people what this is. Yes. Well, you need to be pressing your fist on the don't panic button. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so basically, I mean, uh, this is going to be similar to what we've done in the past. Uh, the only difference here is that this time, so in the past when we did like trick or treat, buy or sell, um, and whatnot, we had like a horizontal bar, like, you know, we would be um, as far left or far right, depending on how we felt. This time we're just going to have a vertical line. So you're either going to be, we've got five NFL teams picked out that are, um, started out really good but are starting to slip or maybe you've had an injury or something like that that could be room for panic so basically we're either going to say are you going to panic about this team or don't panic so there's going to be no in between um and we're going to see where everybody stands on these teams i'm interested to see for a couple of these where everybody stands so (laughs) yeah um we're going to start out a team that is surprisingly on a two-game losing streak right now whoops i'm moving the wrong picture 
But um, <laughs> they're on a two-game losing streak right now, which I don't think anybody thought coming into this week. Uh, so we're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks. Are you panicking or not panicking? Are you guys both good, Nate and yes. Eric? Okay. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. Oh, Let me, uh, <laughs> Let me just my, delete that my picture and then um, like... get you a new picture. <laughs> just, you can just tell us what. Um... Yeah, so... I'm having fun. I'm having. I'm trying to pull up my computer. I'm having. I'm okay. on the don't panic side and I'll try and fix okay. that picture. I mean, <laughs> I was trying to on my phone because it kind of slows down my computer. But my. Uh, Slows that's, down. That's a little bit weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So while you're doing that, I guess uh, let's hear from Connor. You were the only one that picked the panic side. Okay. So um, I'm kind of surprised you picked panic for the Seahawks, but uh, tell the people why. Yeah. I mean, well, it's obviously not going to be good for any of us if uh, the Seahawks miss the playoffs, considering they were a key part in all of our picks. But um, not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I think definitely, I feel like this is unfortunately a common occurrence when it comes to Russell Wilson. Like he'll start out the first half of the season looking like the MVP, and then you know we kind of hit the halfway mark, and then he starts falling off. And this kind of happened last year, where the first half of the season it looked like a close race between Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, and then. Like, we hit the second half of the season, and Wilson completely fell out of the conversation. Like, then it turned into Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. So, um, definitely worrying for me, because obviously we all know how bad the Seahawks defense is. I mean, even getting Jamal Adams back still hasn't fixed their problems on defense. So, um, it really is a worrying sign for me that their offense has been doing so bad. I mean, I know they put up 33 points against the Bills, but that was a little bit inflated, given that... um, a couple of those drives came in garbage time when the Bills were playing prevent defense. So um, the fact that they only managed to put up 13 against the Rams this week is a little concerning, um, given that, obviously, I mean, Aaron Donald's a force to be reckoned with, but they definitely should have put up more points. And and other than Jalen Ramsey, their secondary is pretty garbage. So uh, Russell Wilson should have had a field day thrown it to Tyler Lockett in the tight end. So um, definitely concerning for me. I... Didn't think I would be here a week ago, but now here I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nate, are you back and good to talk right now? Yeah, I should be. Okay. You guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear yes, you. Yes, sir. Um, All right, so, cool. so, yeah, so I'll let you talk for our side. The three of us said don't panic. Um, why uh, Why are you not hitting the panic button for Seattle? Um, I'm not hitting the panic button quite yet. I mean, I definitely agree with what Connor said. And that definitely like worry would worry me too if I was a Seahawks fan. I think I think it definitely could be a concern as you move forward uh, with the end of the season, the playoffs. But I think I'm not ready to hit the button just yet because obviously you still have Russell Wilson, who is I would say a top five player in the NFL. I think obviously they had a down week this week, but I think week in and week out having him and his connects with Metcalf and Lockett um, keeps them dangerous. And they get a running game um, going, get their offense balanced out. I think. Um, they could, it's still time to turn things around. They're still, I believe, tied at the top of their division, and it's definitely a winnable um, division, I would say. So, um, not ready to panic just yet, but there's definitely some uh, real concerns there. Well, I will say, yeah. for, the, for the Seahawks' sake, they are tied at the top of the division, but they are at the bottom of that three-way tie because the, right. Rams, oh, yeah. the Rams and the Cardinals have the tiebreakers on them. 
at this moment. Yeah. Uh, well, Nate basically summed up exactly what I was going to say. I don't know if Eric wants to add anything or we can move on to the next team. <laughs> no, I'm, I, okay. Nate, Nate did a good job. Okay, let's go to let's go to representation, Nate. <laughs> let's yeah. go to the next to uh, the next team here. Yeah, so next team we've got a uh, one of the four teams in the NFC least. Um, they were leading comfortably leading the division up until their loss to Eric's favorite team, the New York Football Giants. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so. And they're looking a bit more precarious, obviously. The Eagles, they were looking like the runaway team for the NFC East until this week. So panic or don't panic for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, Nate successfully moved this picture. We have like, yep. oh, oh, to the panic oh, side. I'm on my own again, <laughs> crap. <laughs> okay, so... Wow, this has been interesting. Yeah, so Connor's by himself on the don't panic for the Eagles. Um, <laughs> me, myself, Eric, and Nate are on the panic for the Eagles. Uh, Connor brought up the those New York football giants there, and we know that's Eric's favorite team, so I want to hear Eric's uh, reason in the panic for the Eagles since the, the Giants just beat them this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how the Eagles could not be panicking really i mean not that the giants are suddenly turning into the, like an amazing team or anything but carson wentz has just been very underwhelming this year and they've already had a ton of injuries they've been dealing with but also just to the giants while their three wins have all been against divisional teams they haven't beaten anybody outside of the division yet they've still played some really close tight games and their games outside of the division. And I feel like eventually they're going to start winning some of them. And if Philly keeps losing, then they obviously have to be in panic mode. I Zach and I were talking about this the other day where as hard as this is to fathom and believe it's almost with Dak being injured. Now it's in the way Carson Wentz has been playing Daniel Jones is really probably the best quarterback in this division now, as crazy as that, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> and uh, come on, man, it's not, starting... it's not Garrett Gilbert. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, so he is starting to play a little bit better. And I don't know. I mean, ever since Zach made me make predictions on why the New York football giants could go from worst to first in this crappy division. They've been playing better football, so I'm, I'm just going to give myself credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obviously, okay. I know, obviously, I know that's not why, but yeah. yeah, I'm definitely curious to hear why Connor thinks they don't need to panic. I mean, I think my reasoning for why they don't need to panic is just because of the fact that they're still playing in the NFC East. And um, I will say, for the Eagles' sake, if I'm Doug Peterson – Given, obviously, like I said, how bad the division is and, you know, that a losing record is going to end up winning this division. And I would not be opposed at all to starting Jalen Hurts next week um, to see what you got with Jalen Hurts. I mean, Carson Wentz has obviously been horrible this season. I mean, he's a far cry from the guy that Nate and, Aaron, and, Nate and Zach thought were going to be MVP last season. Um, so... I mean, start Jalen Hurts. Let's see what he does. He obviously brings a different dimension to the offense with his ability to run the ball. Um, 
you know, he's kind of like, he can, you can kind of, and especially with how good Miles Sanders is, I mean, even on this offense, Miles Sanders is a, is a bright spot. So they could kind of run a similar offense to kind of what like Arizona and especially Baltimore run, just a very run heavy offense. Um, and then and like a very run heavy and relying on the defense. Cause this defense is still good. Um, I know obviously Daniel Jones put up more points on them than he probably should have, but the defense is still the strong part of this team. And obviously your defense doesn't get helped when your offense is consistently going three and out. So um, any defense is going to crack, crack under the pressure at some point when that's the case. I mean, like we saw with the Steelers last year, they probably had the best defense, but with Mason Rudolph and the offense not generating anything, they just got tired and couldn't hold up. So not time to panic yet for the Eagles. But like I said, I, I gave all those reasons, but my main one is still, they play in the NFC least. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, a losing record is going to win you the division probably. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So next team on our list, hopefully I'm not on my own on this one. Um, the Tennessee Titans of the AFC South, a pretty horrible loss to the Indianapolis Colts and also a loss to the Steelers a couple of weeks back. Not looking good for uh, their, them looking at their, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but not beating good teams. Uh, so yeah. the Tennessee Titans panic or don't panic. <clears throat> okay, I'm moving my Thankfully, Zach's on my side here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It looks like Eric is by himself on the panic, I believe. And then the three of us are on don't panic. Um, so I haven't said anything yet. So I guess it's my turn now to talk. Um, <laughs> I don't think the Titans should panic just yet because um, if you look, I know I haven't looked at all the games left on the schedule, but I know they still have the Texans and Jaguars left on their schedule. So those should be two wins right there. And uh, it's it's easy to forget, but they demolished Buffalo. Um, and they lost to Pittsburgh in a close game. And it's really just going to come down to them and the Colts to win the AFC South. And then the loser, with the way the AFC is, uh, the wild cards are not a guarantee for anybody. So you really do want to win your division. And... I think that at the end of the day, they do win the division over the Colts. I'm still not a fan of Phillip Rivers. I think Tannehill is going to be the better quarterback than Rivers. He had a bad game uh, Thursday night, but I I think he'll be back, and I think Derrick Henry will be back too. Um, the defense is what scares me the most with this team, but when it's just a two-way race with them and the Colts, now losing the first game never sets you in a good spot for tiebreaker scenarios. But uh, I do think that they uh, will end up edging the Colts in the long run. Um, Eric, why are you panicking for the Titans' sake? So I'm not necessarily panicking so bad in the sense of them not making the playoffs or anything like that. But I'm panicking because... You know, they were doing so well. They were 5-0. and But then they really have not been playing that great since then. Like, it seemed like ever since they lost to the Steelers, uh, they, they've been struggling. They've lost yeah. three out of their last four games. They beat the Texans, but that was because Romeo Cornell was an idiot. Uh, with his coaching, I mean, you could, you could easily, yeah, Romeo Cornell. All you had to do was kick the extra point, and you could have had a head coach next year. But anyway, um, so 
that could have been a loss. They they barely beat the Vikings. They barely beat the Broncos and Jags at the beginning of the season. I wasn't really impressed with most of their wins early on. I felt like they were, even though they were 5-0, and and obviously a win is a win, but it was kind of like how we talked about the Packers last year when they were doing so mm-hmm. well. We felt like they weren't really a great 13-3 and team at the end of the year. Like When the Titans were 5-0, and that's kind of how I felt about them. I just don't think we were talking about it because the Bears were in a similar position and they were probably an even worse team that, w- that had a great record. So with them now suddenly losing three out of the last four games, if I'm a Titans fan, I would definitely be panicking a little bit. And they do have the Jags and Texans and Lions, which are favorable, but they still have the Ravens, Browns, Colts again, and the Packers, which are all not favorable games. So I still think they make the playoffs as one of those wild card seeds, but given where they were when they were five and zero, and I think a lot of people thought they could maybe get back to the ASU title game or something again. Like if I'm a Titans fan, I'm not feeling that excited right now. And obviously, I wouldn't mind if they just lost all the games. Lose them all. Okay. Okay. Well, let's hear from this next team. They're really interesting. All right. So yeah, this next team. This is definitely. I mean, maybe you could put the Seahawks in this scenario, but maybe out of all these teams on this list, this is the one I was most surprised about to be on this list here. The Baltimore Ravens, um, the home of last season's MVP, the number like the number one seed in the AFC last year, um, but they've lost two out of their last three games. Is it time to panic for the Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Ooh. Connor, are you staying put on Don't Panic? Yeah, I'm staying put on Don't Panic. Okay, okay so we have our first uh, first official tie with Nate and myself being on the panic side, hearing the buzzers, alarms going off, and then <laughs> and then Eric and Connor are on the Don't Panic side. So let's hear from Nate um, why you're panicking with the Ravens. Yeah, so I mean, obviously they're not doing horribly this year. They're 6-3. and three. Um, but they have, like you said, lost their last two games um, versus the Colts and versus the Pats. Um, I'm just the main reason I'm worried is because the they do play in a division. Um, the Steelers. They beat the Colts, but they lost to the yeah. Steelers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was looking at the um, list wrong. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that is the reason why I'm kind of panicking because they do play in a division with the Steelers. They have to play them again. There's a good chance that they might be um, two games back. Or no, obviously be more than two games back. But. Um, even if the Steelers started losing games, they'd be um, behind in the tiebreaker to them. So I think it's um, they definitely are, you know, not in the driver's seat to winning this division. And even as far as making a wild card spot, I think their uh, weaknesses as a team have been exposed. I mean, the game versus the Patriots was in bad conditions, obviously, but that should suit a team like the Ravens, who are built to run the ball. It's kind of their whole identity. And Lamar just has not. Um, looked as great as a passer this year. I think he's taken a step back. And, you know, the the issues we had with him as a rookie as far as accuracy and um, making plays with the arm have definitely been um, kind of came back a little bit. So that kind of worries me going forward. The defense looks solid. The running game, you know, Lamar still is great in that aspect. But I think overall it's um, – they're not looking um, as great as we thought they would be at this point coming into the season. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll quickly add on to that. You said good stuff. Injuries are starting to pile up for them, too, that their offensive mm-hmm. line. And their um, teams are figuring them out on offense. And their offense is so uh, run-heavy that if teams can stop the run, there's nothing else they can do because Lamar has not taken that next step of the passer, and it's really showing. And, and like I said, I said at the start of the season, if teams figure out Lamar, this is why the Ravens aren't going to be in the AFC Championship game. This is why I had them uh, second in the division. So, uh, but let's hear from uh, from the Steelers fan himself, Connor, <laughs> on uh, on why the Ravens should not panic. Well, trust me, I never uh, pass up an opportunity to hate on the Ravens. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I know we didn't do a horizontal scale for this one, but I'm definitely on like the. I'm definitely right on the edge here between panic yeah. and don't panic. Um, because thing for the Ravens for me, the one thing that they do have going for them right now, especially um, from what I'm looking at, is that they do have the Titans this week and they do got to play the Steelers next week. But after that, they have home against the Cowboys. Then they're going on the road against the Browns. That, that'll probably be tough. But then home against the Jaguars, home against the Giants, and then the Bengals. So the Ravens have a very favorable schedule going forward. Um, you know, four out of these last seven games should be, I mean, assuming nothing crazy happens, four out of these last seven games should be very winnable and could be winnable by a couple touchdowns. So um, obviously you guys touched on the panic points. You know, this isn't an easy division by any stretch. I mean, the Steelers are still undefeated. I mean, I know they've had close games, but a win's a win and they're undefeated for a reason. And they already lost their home game against the Steelers. So because the next game that they play on Thanksgiving is going to be in Pittsburgh. So it's not it's never good when you lose your home game to a division opponent um, and you still have one more to go. So but the thing about the Ravens for me is that that defense is still I mean, it's still toe to toe with like the Steelers and the Buccaneers and uh, the Colts for, you know, trying to buy for that best defense. Um, And then the offense, I know. Obviously, that wasn't a good look against the Patriots, but um, I think if they can do better when it comes, because obviously Lamar has regressed as a passer, but he's still serviceable, and I think that's all he really needs to be when it comes to, um, you know, they've got a fantastic running back trio. Oh, I mean, quartet, or I don't know how you say that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, quartet, there you go. A fantastic (laughs) quartet of running backs if you include Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously Lamar is Lamar, but they got Mark Ingram, who is, you know, he's still a bruiser. J.K. Dobbins has looked fantastic as a rookie, and obviously Gus Edwards is still a good change of pace back. So I'm not panicking just yet, but I'm definitely right on the edge because – this division, with the situation with the division and with how the AFC wild cards are so wide open this year, given how good a lot of the teams are, it's definitely going to be a tough road ahead, but a very favorable schedule. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's our first tie so far, and let's get to this last team now. <laughs> All right, so well, this is a team actually that was not going to be on this list up until about 15 to 20 minutes before we started this episode, but now with the news about Drew Brees... Um, the Saints, is it time to panic for the Saints or don't panic for the Saints? Uh, okay, so it looks like Eric's by himself on the panic side. Um, and then Nate, Connor, and myself are on the don't panic side. So I, I guess let's hear from Eric first um, on why he's panicking for the Saints. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I guess I haven't heard of the severity of the injury. Like, is it official that he's out for the season? So, basically, he – so, I mean, the injury – I guess I'll say what the injury is. The injury is he has five fractured ribs, which three of those were actually fractured last week against the Buccaneers, and they just didn't know until this week. And then two of them he fractured this week, plus he has a collapsed lung. Mm. Now, <clears throat> the – Recovery timetable that I saw, it was sounded very optimistic to me because it said like two to three weeks, um, which I think if he was like 24, 25 years old, like if this happened to like Lamar, if this yeah. happened to like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or somebody, then I think maybe, yeah, they could be back in that time. But given that Breeze is 41 years old, um, I'd say that's very optimistic. So I think right now what the sense I'm getting from the Saints is that um, they're hoping he'll be back for the playoffs. but. Uh, for the regular season, if he comes back, it probably won't be till like the last week or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I think I think that two to three weeks is highly optimistic. Yeah, I, given I, his I, age, <laughs> I doubt that. Uh, yeah, I'm panicking. Uh, Jameis Winston just scares me as a quarterback. He has these amazing moments where. Like, he's going to be the Saints quarterback now. Like, he'll probably have a play where he throws a 60-yard bomb to Michael Thomas or something. And you're like, wow, this guy's a beast. And then on the next drive, he's going to go out and throw a pick six into triple coverage. It's like, you don't know what he's going to do. And I don't know Drew Brees has kind of underperformed, like, in playoffs and situations. And he's doesn't have the army he used to have and all that. But... He's a he's still shown this season that he when he's played that he can be reliable. He still doesn't make mistakes. He's a little bit more of like a game manager now, but but I would rather have that than Jameis Winston. And it's just scary. And obviously they've got it, you know, they've still got a lot of other great pieces around them and they've gotten some people back from other people back from their injuries and things like that, which are good. But man, like I just do not trust Jameis Winston. Now, if he comes out this week, first game, and puts on a great performance, then I'll hop off of the panic meter. But for right now, I would be panicking if I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to go on this one because uh, I picked uh, the side of don't panic, and I don't do this a whole lot. I don't. I don't know the last time I've done it, but really bold, bold lock here. That's going to shock everybody, maybe, but. I think I think even if Breeze comes back healthy, I don't think Breeze plays again for the Saints this year. I think Jameis Winston is going to take the job and keep the job Ooh, even when wow. Breeze comes back. Yeah, and here's why. Because <laughs> Eric just went roasting on Jameis Winston, but I've always been a, somewhat of a Jameis fan, and I think... With the pick sixes and the interceptions thing, I think now we're starting to see that's just a result of Tampa Bay's offense because Brady has had those issues too. So, And Brady's never been known for that. So you're looking at a guy who, yeah, he had a lot of bad pick sixes in Tampa, but the way New Orleans offense is structured, it's not um, like Tampa where you just throw the ball deep all the time. And so I think he's not going to have that interception problem with New Orleans. I think Sean Payton's a great head coach. I think they've been planning for Jameis to be the future anyways. And and I know Breeze has looked good the last couple of weeks, but 
Um, still, before that, the stuff I saw from him, it wasn't very good. And honestly, I think Winston's going to give him a, be- a better chance to win in the long run. So I'm actually more scared as a Buccaneers fan now that they have Jameis Winston as their quarterback than Drew Brees. I just think Brees hadn't been playing well at all. And while he'd been safe with the football, he hadn't been throwing anything deep. So we'll see. I think Jameis can throw it, obviously, deep now. I don't think he's going to throw it at the rate where he gets those interceptions. But um, I actually think the Saints are going to go on a roll here and win a lot of games. And I think you're going to get to the point where it's going to be a tough decision. But you're not going to want to take out a quarterback who's just won four or five games, which I think Winston will have won to get to that point when Breeze comes back. So... Uh, that's my bold, crazy bold walk of the <laughs> night. But uh, yeah, I, I, so I'm definitely on the dope panic side. I don't know if you guys, uh, I guess the people at Nate and Connor, um, how realistic does my lock sound to you? I'll start with <laughs> Nate. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. It could be interesting for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I would lock it myself, but I, I wouldn't be yeah. necessarily surprised if it happened, actually. I mean, that definitely a possibility i mean i think from my perspective i the reason why i don't think it's going to happen is because i don't think james winston's going to be the main reason why they win you know why they keep winning because in my mind you know the saints are built around i mean like their defense has gotten so much better over the past couple of weeks and their offense is completely built around alvin Kamara. i mean if alvin Kamara is not getting like at least 15 to 20 touches a game or probably more than that, then their offense is doing something wrong. So I'll, I do think it'll help them a lot though on offense. Like Zach said that having Jameis Winston in a quarterback now gives this offense a dimension that now you have to guard against the deep ball because obviously Winston can throw it. You know, <laughs> the, the saints, the saints haven't gotten into any situations like the Cardinals were in this week with like Hail Marys and stuff. But I can guarantee you that had they been, then Drew Brees would have not been the one throwing it. Winston would have come into the game to throw it. So it definitely gives their offense a better dimension. And I think it's going to open up holes for Alvin Kamara. Like he's already been torching defenses this year. And now I think he's going to torch them even more because as soon as, you know, they, they key on Alvin Kamara and they've slowed down Alvin Kamara, hit them with a 40 yard bomb. And then it's like, oh crap, now we have to back up again. So then now here comes Kamara to torch you again. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. I don't think he's going to be the main reason behind it. And obviously, mm-hmm. Breeze is the heart and soul and the leader yeah. of this team. So, and he ha- and given his relationship with Sean Payton, I just don't see that happening if Breeze is able to come back healthy. Yeah. All right. So there you go, guys. Heard a heard a bold lock there, and uh, <laughs> reasons we only ended up picking uh, in summary. The Eagles are the only team uh, we agreed on the panic, and we had the Ravens split fifty fifty. And then we decided Saints, Seahawks, and Titans all are on the don't panic side. So that's where you go, guys. That's how things look. And now let's transition over here and talk really quickly about the game of the week uh, from this past week, like we do every week. And this one is going to be Buffalo at Arizona. Obviously, Arizona won 32-30. Congrats to Nate for being the only one getting that right. Um, but Connor's been talking about this a lot this episode. So Connor, obviously tell us about that, uh, crazy play that happened and how surprised you were that that ended up working. <laughs> yeah. No, the, I mean, three good secondary members for the Bills. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that was, mm-hmm. I mean, going into this game, I mean, I mentioned at the beginning that 
uh, Hopkins burned me because I did pick, I, this was on my log board that the bills were going to, uh, complete the upset here. And obviously the Andre Hopkins ruined that for me, but, um, I mean, it was a, it was a really good game to watch because it was really back and forth. I know there was a little bit of a, uh, a weird moment in between, like after the Cardinals took the lead, because the Bills kind of dominated early on. Um, but then Allen threw an interception, and then Kyler Murray was able to come back with two rushing touchdowns. So, um, but there was a little bit of a lull in the middle where, like, I don't know what both teams were doing. Like, Allen threw an interception, and then Allen threw another interception, and then, like, the Cardinals had a quick three and out, and then the Bills had a three and out. But then on the punt, like, it, I don't know who, it wasn't three and out, but they forced the Bills to punt. And then on the punt return, Christian Kirk ran, like, eight yards in the wrong direction, <laughs> which, like, it, it took them from the 11-yard line to the three-yard line. I was like, what in the world is he doing? Like, you can't try and make anything fancy yeah. happen when you're back near your own goal line. So then the Cardinals had to punt, which set up the, the Bills' drive, which that was fantastic for my fantasy team, I'll point out, because... Uh, <laughs> I made the trade with Eric for Stefan Diggs, so getting the Josh Allen Stefan Diggs touchdown, that was huge. Um, but yeah, I think I mean the Bills honestly, I mean, like obviously that Hail Mary was a one in a million play. I mean, Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were all over DeAndre Hopkins and he still came down with the catch. I mean, if this is something that doesn't prove that DeAndre Hopkins is like one of, if not the best wide receivers, and that the Texans were like the dumbest. Bill O'Brien was like the dumbest GM in the history of ever for trading him. I don't know what does. Um, but I think, I mean, the Bills really killed themselves with prevent defense again. I mean, leading up to that play, I was just watching and I'm like, the Bills are playing prevent defense. Like, I know the Cardinals need a touchdown, but like, you can't let them get this close. Like, you know, you, I mean, yeah, you'll yeah. take underneath stuff all day, but like, you know, when that underneath stuff is still getting them like 10, 12 yards every play, you know, it took it to where the Cardinals were able to be in that position to heave it. Because, I mean, Tyler Murray, he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. So, I mean, if the Bills had managed to keep them on the wrong side of midfield, then that pass probably wouldn't have worked. But the fact that they got down to the 40-yard line helped them a lot. So, um, it was so it was very entertaining. And I think, I, I think both teams have nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I don't think the Bills should have anything to be ashamed of. I mean they were going to win the game had it not been for that miracle. So the Bills, obviously, no shame. And I think no shame for the Cardinals either. They played a, a good game. So it's always exciting to watch two potential playoff teams square off. And this one did not disappoint. Yeah, I have two takeaways on this. But I'll let um, Nate, did you catch this game at all? Do you want to talk about um, what this means for Buffalo or, or Arizona? Since you picked Arizona to win. I know you didn't expect them to win like they did, but yeah. <laughs> so you're so you were confident about them going into this. I was, yeah. I mean, I didn't get a chance to sit down and watch the whole game um, at home, but I definitely was confident in Arizona. Their offense has been looking. Um, I know Kyler Murray had had some issues with turnovers, but um, I think you know Buffalo just hasn't really inspired me. I guess um, overall, the same way that Arizona has. I think Arizona's trending. Uh, pretty well. And Buffalo is still in a good spot. They're still a good team, but I think um, Arizona just has a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I guess like excitement. I guess going forward yeah. right now, <laughs> especially after last night. I think they're that's going to help them uh, moving forward as well. Get some momentum going. Yeah. So I've been. Um, I'll get to my two takeaways real quick. I've I was super critical of that Arizona win over Seattle, and I'm honestly not gonna. I, my takeaway from this is both teams tried to lose this game because uh, 
first of all, from from the Arizona point of view, like uh, like Connor was talking about with the uh, with that punt return that was idiotic, and then they could not seal the deal. They couldn't get a first down at all. Then I think they threw an interception, and it was just like, oh my god, they're they don't want to win this game. And then on Buffalo's side, they had a drive where they had like five consecutive penalties in a row. And a lot of them were dumb, dumb. I remember that. I was, they got to like a third and 33. Like I was like, Oh my God. And then, so it's like the way I'm watching this, it's like none of these teams want to win. And then it comes down to a hail Mary. And then Buffalo's like, okay, I give up now. (laughs) Like it's like, they, they didn't want to win more than Arizona didn't want to win. But I mean, shoot, this, this is probably a fun game to watch. I didn't catch the very end. Um, but Hail Marys are always crazy to watch, but still my takeaway, these teams tried to lose. Like it just seemed like that from my side. Um, but let's, uh, let's move on now to our transitional segment to the lock board. Um, this week was not very good for all of us. (laughs) First round had no correct picks. We only had four correct locks in total. And really two of those were one pointers. So that's, those aren't really locks, but, uh, yeah, so Eric, you did get the most points though. So tell us about your your picks that you got right. Yeah, as I mentioned in my intro, while it wasn't my greatest week, I'm still happy to get the win and gain a little ground. And um, <laughs> I felt like I had a really good chance with my five point pick in the first round, but after watching South Carolina play against Ole Miss, their defense you know, let wide receivers get open by 40 yards where there's like no, no defender within sight of them. They can't, they can't stop a pass play to save their lives. So ended up regretting that pick, but, uh, but my New York football giants, man, they (laughs) came through for me two weeks in a row. Like I've single-handedly won the lock board the last two weeks because of them. So they got those upset, upset wins for me two weeks in a row. Uh, so I'm obviously happy with them helping me out, keeping me in it. And then, uh, by the time I got to the third pick, I didn't think there were any upsets left that I liked. So I took a safe pick and unfortunately, while it's good for my lock board, the Packers did beat my Jags, uh, but a closer game than I thought it was going to be. But, but yeah, so four points for me, I'm happy about that and hopefully I can, I'm just mainly I'm just right now, since I'm obviously still not close to first place, I'm at least happy that this is two weeks in a row that Zach cannot make a goofy dragon meme. Out of <laughs> I, I will say I can't imagine that Susan is very happy with your new found fandom of the New York football giants. <laughs> well, see, this is obviously a throwaway year for the Cowboys. So and obviously mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like. Oh, the Giants are my second favorite team or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, they're helping me in the lot board right now. And plus, I was assigned them for the uh, uh, NFC least, which team could win the division episode. So, you know, that kind of drew me closer to them. Just, so just go, ahead, just go ahead and change your Twitter profile picture to Daniel Jones. Like, just go ahead and do it, Eric. We all know you want to. <laughs> right, I'm changing my Twitter name from Clutch on a Budget to Daniel Jones Stands. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, so let's let's look at the total standings now after that uh, lockboard week. So there's now actually, a, with seven weeks to go, we have a tie in first place. With myself and Connor, Thanks, DeAndre, <laughs> with forty-eight points, 
Um, and I got major like thanks Obama vibes. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, so in first place, it's myself and Connor tied with 48. Eric is in third place with 33, so 15 behind the leader. And then Nate actually had a zero pointer this week. So he's still in fourth with 29, um, 19 points below the leaderboard there. So, Nate, hopefully you uh, do better. Anything will be better than what you did this week. Hopefully. <laughs> um, so because you did so bad, you get that consolation prize of picking first in this next week. So yep. um, let's pull up the, the spreads and let's find out where Nate is going to pick first with. All right. So I think I'm going to go after we just talked about them. I think I'm going to go with Arizona over Seattle. <laughs> Darn. <Okay. laughs> Uh, I, I wanted that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everybody wanted that one, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was surprised they were favoring Seattle after last week. Yeah. yeah okay, really. so let's let's check. Connor is back up next here, picking second now. Yeah, well, I guess since uh, Nate obviously took that one, i got to go with my uh, second choice here. So um, I know that they just got blown out and didn't look fantastic while doing it, but that was against an a undefeated team. And the NFC Least does not exactly have a fantastic record outside of its division. So I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Washington football team. Yeah, yeah that's one I was looking at, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen a lot of that. Those, that one especially was one I was eyeing. But um, I'm over here now picking pick three. I'm going to stay in the NFL with you guys. I'm going to pick the Houston Texans to beat the New England Patriots. I don't know how Nate will feel about that one. <laughs> well, we'll see. I was telling Zach that he needs to pick against the Steelers in the lockboard every week because both times he's done it, the Steelers have won in blowouts. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric, finish off the first round here. Where are you going to go? Okay, so we just uh, talked about the uh, – well, no, maybe I won't do that one. I, man, this is – I had a couple, we had a couple of adjustments to some things and that uh, had to change my thought a little bit here, but um, I'm actually, I'm going to go over to the college side right now, uh, since I am still fairly far behind, I do need to look at potential five pointers. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take uh, Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. Dang it. (laughs) I knew I knew Connor would probably be, be eyeing Oklahoma State. Like he seems to pick them a couple times. Um, They've all they have burned me a couple times, but yeah, I, just don't, I don't trust Oklahoma. Yeah, slightest, you picked so. against Oklahoma a bunch. I know um, okay, <laughs> that has so, worked out on more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nate, um, you're back now with the start of the second round. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, he's on mute, it says. So, yeah, it kicked me out for a second. I don't know why my internet's still doing fine, but... <laughs> oh, it's okay. Um, all right, so... Um, the board, I think... Um, ah, I don't like a whole lot of the college games this week, so I think I'm going to stay with NFL and go with... Um, don't totally like this pick, but I'm going to go with Green Bay over, Indian, um, over the Colts, because okay. it could happen kind of yeah, a big game so yeah i was i was looking at that one mm-hmm. yeah if the packers can uh 
get it going. Yeah. But I All think right. I'm actually really happy this was still here because I th- thought it might have been gone. Um, but I am honestly surprised at the way that this uh, the line is in this game. So, and they've proved everybody wrong all season long. So I'm going to take the Liberty Flames mm. to beat oh. uh, yeah, NC State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. There goes Liberty. 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 <laughs> well, don't worry. I ain't got no love for the Wolfpack. So yeah, yeah. I'll be totally right. okay with them losing that game. <laughs> okay. Man, I was um, I was a little worried Connor was gonna pick the one I wanted there. Well, I think I, I know the talking. one that you want, and I was thinking about it too. I'll let you know if you'd get it, but okay, I think I know. <laughs> uh, the one that I'm gonna take here is gonna be App State over Coastal Carolina. Oh, that is not what I thought you were gonna take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't I don't trust the Coastal Carolina Shanta the Shanta <laughs> whatever you say, however you pronounce their their mascot. Trust me, yeah, I've, had what... to, I've had to learn how to pronounce it given uh, <laughs> the years that I've been yeah, watching. Sunbelt Sunbelt fan. But yeah, I I think App should win that. Um so we'll see. Uh, put sure Connor so. in a, I put you in a weird rooting situation now though, because oh, well, you know, I am still I mean, in my mind, if all my picks on the lockboard go well, it doesn't matter yeah. if App State yeah, you're wins right, or you're not right. because so <laughs> you're right. There That's you true. go. Okay, Eric. Okay, so there's not too many more NFL picks that I like. Uh, I was hoping this one was going to stay a five-pointer, but it changed to a three-pointer. Uh, so that's why I didn't pick it in the first round, but it's still here. I've already talked about this. I don't trust Jameis Winston. I'm taking the Falcons to beat the Saints. Okay. Actually, Eric, that one was always a three-pointer. Um, yeah. Wasn't it like seven points though? Like yeah, seven is still over seven. Three winner. Oh, I thought it was seven and no. higher. I, mean, I was that confused. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so that was taking the first round. Now I've been like five pointer. Okay. All right. So Nate, back to you uh, for your last pick. All right. Um. So since I'm. Got some points to make up. I'm going to go with a five-point college play, and I'm going to take uh, Northwestern with the upset over Wisconsin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Big 10. Well, I'm... <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm glad that uh, Nate didn't take the one I was looking at because I was considering doing something very bold. Um, I guess I'll say what I was thinking about doing. I was considering taking Indiana to beat Ohio State. But Ooh. um that is this spread. I know. <laughs> but I uh I did see that this pick was still on the board. This is the one that I thought you were gonna take, Zach, and maybe I'm stealing it from you right now, but I'm gonna take Utah to beat USC. Oh, okay. No, mm. I, that wasn't what I was looking at. I mean I there's I, the way I look at it, I I have like still on the board like five picks that I could lock and feel confident about. So um that's one of them, but not not very high on my list. And plus, I don't even know if that game's going to get played. I'm a little worried that that gets canceled. Yeah, I might, I might have to make a last <laughs> call audible. audible. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've I've got a lot of... This is a weird situation to be in for me in round three, like debating, like, which one do I like more? Because I like them all. But um, there's been... Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, there's been so much drama going on with this program. And um, now there's allegations against them. And they've... They're playing like um, 
Like they don't even care. They they're on like their victory tour. Um, just not even caring. I'm going to take Arkansas to beat LSU. Yeah, I was definitely looking at that one too. That that was interesting because that spread when I first made it was the other way around. It was Arkansas minus one and a half, and then it changed to LSU minus one and a half. So I'm happy it did because I would have taken LSU to win, or I mean Arkansas to win outright. Yeah. So LSU looked like some hot garbage this year for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's going to be. My pick guy, Eric, you've got the last one, man. Right. Where are you going to go? I want to preface this pick by saying I meant to say this uh, when I was talking about my weekly picks, but uh, I just wanted to give Zach a shout out for coming up with the concept of the lockboard because due to this whole lockboard thing, it you know it gives us like a rooting interest in games we probably wouldn't normally watch. And so I actually watched a good amount of college football this weekend that I wouldn't normally watch. Like I watched the USC Arizona game. A lot of that. I watched a lot of South Carolina Ole Miss, uh, the end of Tulsa SMU. I normally wouldn't really watch any of these teams, but I had the rooting interest with the lock board and that made it fun. So with that being said, I don't normally pick two five pointers in a week, but I'm getting, I'm getting aggressive and I have one more that I feel like could happen. And it was one of the teams I watched last week. Uh, So I am going to take Arizona to upset Washington. Ah, I will say. uh, I liked how they played against USC. (laughs) Washington, like, didn't super impress me with their first game. So I I think Arizona has a chance to steal that. I will say I'm going to be pissed if Indiana does beat Ohio State, considering I was considering that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll be happy if they do. But, uh... Well, that, that's the thing. I'll be I'll, I'll be happy that Ohio State's losing, but I'll be disappointed yeah. from the fact I didn't pick it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Twenty and a half point spread, though. I would definitely pick Indiana with the spread. Like, oh, Indiana, that, that, that seems like an easy like spread pick right there. <laughs> like, I know I know Ohio State's good, but Indiana's been really good this year. All right, so that's uh, that's how the lockboard's gonna look, and hopefully, there's more green next week when we come back and look and see how it did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go around the hoop next, and um, we the the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna do a mock draft for the lottery teams only, so the first sixteen picks, and we're gonna do it kind of like we did the NFL mock draft. It's gonna be a group collaborative mock draft, and I've already assigned the teams to everybody. And since Nate is not normally a NBA analyst here on the podcast, he's gonna play. The role of, I guess, Adam Silver. That he's gonna be the commissioner and kind of run this ship. So, um, Nate, get us started here and uh, announce the first pick. All right. So, with the first pick, um, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves on the clock. I'll hand it over to you, Zach. All right. So, picking first overall for the Timberwolves. This is really gonna set the tone for the draft because there's no number one like Zion prospect or anything, but. I'm going to go ahead and, and do it. I'm going to pick Lamelo Ball. Mm-hmm. No uh, no university affiliate. I can't say from the university of, <laughs> since he didn't. <laughs> Ron, he was, uh, according to ESPN.com, it's USA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, USA. He, uh, USA. <laughs> no, okay, so here's the thing. is uh, I do think Wiseman's the best player in the draft, but... Ball, but they can't pick him because he's a true center, and they've already got Towns. That we got Carl Anthony Towns, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I do think after that, I think Ball is definitely the best player, and I think he's just what they need. Like he's literally what the Timberwolves need, and I think he's the second best player in the draft. So I'm gonna go with uh, with Ball um, first overall. Yeah. All right. Um, now with number two, we've got Eric and the Golden State Warriors on the clock. Yeah. So I know Connor is a big Hornets fan, and I know. Are you about to screw me right here? He really wants. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, I will say, if I was the Warriors GM, I would be looking to trade this pick if possible, but yeah. I don't know who might really be interested in moving up and what they'd be able to give me. Like, we can't really go into hypotheticals here. So if the Warriors stay at number two, they don't get any trade offers they don't like, we've got to take James Wiseman. We've obviously, we've got Stephen Clay. Like, we don't need a guard like, Draymond's declining he's not that great and so we need a big true center for this team and James Wiseman's obviously the best one in the draft for that so all right now with the third pick we've got uh Connor and the Charlotte Hornets (sighs) yeah well see trust me I I do know that that's a possibility if the draft happens if the Warriors don't trade because yeah they're not going to pick like ball or someone like that. So that's why I am crossing my fingers that the Warriors do trade the pick. Um, but so with this pick here, obviously Zach, uh, Eric took Wiseman, which is obviously who the Hornets would really want and need. Um, should he still be there? But with Wiseman off the board, um, this feels like a no brainer to me. You got to take the best available here and go with Anthony Edwards from Georgia. All right. Let me write his name in real quick. Dwards. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to go back to Zach uh, picking for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. All right. So f- looking at now, those are, I think, definitely going to end up being the top three. I'm not sold on Edwards personally. I don't think he's going to be that good, but I do think he will be picked in the top three. So now for the Bulls here. Um, we we did say that they should go best available, <laughs> and uh, I I think uh, honestly I think um, I think Obi Toppin from Dayton is going to be the pick here. I think um, that's what the Bulls need. Um, yeah, I think he's the best player left too. So Toppin from uh, from Dayton, best college player in college basketball last year. All right, uh, now we're going to go over to. Um, Connor, or no, sorry, Eric, who's picking for the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right. So for the next pick for the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have drafted a lot of guards lately. They've got, you know, I think they've got the guys that they believe in and that they want there. So I think we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. And based on what I'm seeing out of this guy, I like his versatility and different things he brings to the game. I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, though, but uh, we're going to draft Denny Avdija. I'm probably, like I said, probably pronouncing that wrong, but he's from Israel. And what I like about him, he's listed as a small forward, but he's 6'9", so he can probably play either position, really. Uh, They also say that he has point guard skills as well, so I feel like that he's going to bring a lot of versatility to this team. So I, if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be 
you know, obviously you want one of the, you know, top guys, but I, I think they'll be okay with this pick. All right. Uh, now we're going to go over to um, pick number six. We got Connor picking for Atlanta. Yeah, so I get to pick for both my favorite teams here. It uh, worked out pretty well. Um, but, yeah, so for the Hawks, this is an interesting situation because I feel like, because the Hawks obviously had, they had two top picks last year. Um, they got DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish uh, in the top eight, both of them being small forwards. And so I think the Hawks are pretty much set when it comes to the forward positions. So I think the best move for the Hawks here is we're going to take, uh, hopefully I pronounced this right, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Um, I like Yeah, I think that's how you say it. I, yeah, I think uh, he's a good fit for Atlanta because obviously he can play. He, he is a point guard. He can play next to Trey Young uh, or play behind Trey Young, but also he has the height and the skills to be a two guard as well. So if he does develop and... Um, you know, turn into a really good player, then they can have him as the two guard playing next to Trey Young as well. So uh, he offers a lot of versatility for the Hawks. All right. Now with the uh, last pick on this slide at number seven, we're going back to Zach picking for Detroit Pistons. All right. Yeah, that was a, that was a great pick, I think, Connor, because they the Hawks really struggle. Even if he's not a he's a tall point guard, but um, if Trey Young's on the bench, that's when the Hawks struggle the most. So I, I like that pick. Um, Hmm. So let me take a look at the prospects still left. Um, for the Pistons, I'm going to have to go Killian Hayes here. Uh, point guard from France. He's been a high-rated high prospect um, for a while. Uh, played overseas. He's played professional basketball already. I like that. And the Pistons really do need a point guard. So um, before we go on to the next uh, slide here, this is the first seven picks you can see: Ball, Edward, or Ball, Wiseman, Edwards, Toppin, Avdija. Uh, like I don't know how to. We'll figure out how to say his name <laughs> all together. Uh, Halliburton <laughs> and then Killian Hayes with uh, Detroit seventh, and let Nate get back to uh, hosting this now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, back to it. Um, at number eight, we've got Eric picking for the New York Knicks. All right, well. As Connor and I know from trying to rebuild this team, uh, <laughs> they basically need everything. So um, looking at the board, though, um, after the top three guys, I feel like it's kind of a crapshoot as to necessarily who the best available is. And uh, some of the rankings that I see on here, like some of the guys that are higher than the guy I'm looking at, I don't necessarily know if I feel like they should be, but from what I'm reading about this guy, I feel like he'd be a great fit for the team. Uh, I'm for the New York Knicks. I'm going to draft Patrick Williams from Florida state. Looks like uh, from what I'm seeing, he's uh, he's a pretty good shooter. He's got a good wingspan, perfect like size for a forward. And then the other thing I like about him too, just if you're the Knicks, you're really, you got to be looking at guys that, you know, you could potentially develop and, see long term and patrick williams is the second youngest player in the class so yeah he's i've been i've heard that he's like one of those guys that it's going to take him a little while to develop like he shouldn't go to if you're the knicks you're not yeah yeah. win right now anyway necessarily so you can develop him for a couple years and then as you may be able to get more talent then when he's ready you know could yeah get him to the next level in a couple years so that's who i'm taking for the knicks 
All right, so going over to Washington with the ninth pick, we got Connor picking for the Wizards. Yeah, so this pick for the Wizards, for me, um, it seems like a no-brainer for me because when you look at what the Wizards need, they definitely need front-court players. Um, They've got the backcourt all figured out. Um, Obviously, Bradley Beal is a star, and then, um, you know, they've got good players back there, so... What they really need is a strong front court presence, um, and I think this guy—he's uh, a great shooter. Oh, he's a great—he's a good player, and I think he can bring a lot of toughness to this team. Um, so I'm going to take, and he can also play—he can play at the four or he can play the five. So I'm going to take Onyeka Okongwu. Onyeka. <laughs> Sorry, I, my spelling's going to be bad on this. Uh... <laughs> Nika uh, Okongwu. Can you just spell it to me, somebody? O O K O N G W U. There we go. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Now, um, going over to Phoenix, we got Zach with the tenth pick. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting here for Phoenix because they're getting Chris Paul um, in a trade. But even with that being said, I still think. They're gonna. I st- I'm still gonna take a point guard for him, for Phoenix because I don't think Chris Paul's gonna be there for that many. He's gonna be there for one, maybe two years. So I'm gonna take a guy who I watched a lot of um, last season, watching a lot of SEC basketball. I'm gonna take uh, uh, Kyra Lewis from Alabama. He was just a jump off the screen with his speed, um, super speedy point guard. I feel like that's something Phoenix wants uh, to have on their team. So. Um, because I've seen him play and I know how good he is, I'm going to draft uh, Lewis to Phoenix. The future for Chris Paul's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on to the 12th pick, we've got Connor picking for the Sacramento Kings. I think you got Oh, wait, 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 11. Eric's got the Spurs. Um, yeah, sorry, I saw an essay for both of them. Um, yeah, we've got Eric picking 11th for the San Antonio Spurs. Gotcha. So looking at the board here, it is pretty sad how it's already like thinning out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to go with like a little bit of what looks like if the draft plays out to this point, what could be a little bit of a value pick for the Spurs. They're another team that's probably more of in a rebuild mode. Uh, Looks like DeMar DeRozan doesn't really want to be there anymore. Aldridge is old. Like Connor talked about, you know, them in one of the recent episodes and um so i'm gonna take isaac okoro um looks like he could be a good two-way player that you know can contribute on both sides of the ball i'm a big fan of players like that i don't like guys that are just great on offense or bad on defense or vice versa um i really like guys that can do both so i think the spurs will be happy if he falls to them at pick 11 i think they'll be pretty cool with that all right, now on now for the Sacramento Kings, I'll hand it over to Connor. Yeah, this is definitely a um, interesting situation here because I feel like the Kings need a lot and don't have a great draft pick. Um, so I think totally crazy here. I think that. As the GM of the Sacramento Kings, one thing that we need a lot of right now on our team is outside shooting. 
And this guy, for his size, is a great outside shooter, and he can really stretch the floor. So I'm gonna, and he comes from a great program. So I'm gonna take Sadiq Bay from Villanova for the Kings. Dang, you got who I was gonna pick next? <laughs> <laughs> Snipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's good. I think he'll be good for whatever team he goes to. <laughs> All right, so we'll see um, who Zach has as a backup now with. Um... Picking 13th for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, let me uh, take a look here at the board. Um, I guess for the for the Pelicans here, they really could go with any position. Um, but I think, you know what, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky, shooting guard. Um, nothing wrong with taking a Kentucky player. So... <laughs> Uh, well, he's not been, pretty good. He's not been. Uh, he wasn't the best Kentucky player that they've had in the past couple of years, but it's still Kentucky, and they. If you look at their history of draft picks, they um, have a lot of hits on their draft picks. I'll just say that. So uh, yeah, we'll take Maxi. All right, now on to the fourteenth pick. We've got Eric picking for the Boston Celtics. Pick good because Nate's evaluating right. yeah. you. I'll be interested. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Nate will like my pick. Um, so the Celtics. I mean, obviously, you know they're one of the few teams that are drafting tonight that are you know expected to be a contending team next year. They don't necessarily need a ton of pieces. So if I am the Boston Celtics GM, I'm going to be taking best available player or who I feel like is the best available player. Uh, And a guy I'm looking at here that I like another Florida state guy could be pronouncing this wrong, but Devin Vassell or Vassell. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Vassell. Okay. Um, uh, What I'm liking about him, he's, he's a six, five uh, guard, but, it's being it's reported that his wingspan is about seven feet, which for a guard is insanely good. Uh, he gets a lot of blocks. He's got potential to be a good three and D player. Uh, pretty good. He pretty good three point shooter as well. So um, again, somebody that the Celtics probably aren't going to be expecting to like come in and necessarily contribute right away, but another guy that they can develop and, you know, start grooming and, hopefully become a good role player for them eventually. Yeah. So there you, there you have it guys. That's, um, it's good. Like finish the Oh, I think that's a great pick. Yeah. So there you go guys. Well, we'll see how this does though. I, I, I'm optimistic. I think, I think we're going to get a lot of these, right. Um, even with it being the group dynamic. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but, like I said at the start, everything in the NBA is happening at the same time, so we have to put this in in the same episode, but uh, this could even be bigger than the draft. But free agency is happening, and we did this last year with like 20 different players, but this year we uh, struggled to find five. <laughs> so we've got <laughs> we've got five players that we want to highlight and talk about. Um, and we all made, uh, I should say, Eric, Connor, myself, all made predictions on where we think we'll end up going. So we'll we'll run through this kind of quickly. Brandon Ingram we have as the first player on the list here, and we all picked him going to New Orleans. And I'll talk for the group for this uh, restricted free agent. So anybody can um, the the Pelicans can match whatever offer he gets, the highest offer, and he has to go back to them. So 
the Pelicans have cap space, and the way he played last year, um, I believe he was the winner for most improved player, or he was at least in the uh, finalist for that. So that's the kind of player you never want to let. The Magic did this a long time ago with um, with uh, J.J. Redick. They let him walk after he was the most improved player, and my grandfather still talks to me about that. Like, why did they do that? Uh, <laughs> so I say that they were idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think the Pelicans are going to make the same mistake that the Magic did, but um, but yeah. So I I think they they want him back, and and yeah. So speak for all of us on that one. But the next one is is a lot more up in the air, and that's going to be Fred Van Vliet. So a pretty good player point guard has some options and Eric and myself have him go into the Knicks and Connor's got him going to the Raptors. So I guess we'll start with why the case for the re-sign with Toronto. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, when it comes to re-signing with Toronto, I mean, obviously it seems to me from what I'm reading that the Raptors are doing everything they can to re-sign him because the Raptors are going to be losing. I mean, they're obviously going to be losing. Um, <clears throat> they're going to be losing Marcus Saul and they're probably going to be losing Serge Ibaka. So, um, you know, you want to keep at least one of your pieces. And out of those, Van Vliet seems like the most logical, given that he's the youngest. And um, he definitely, he, I mean, he, he's improved a lot over the course of his time. And obviously Kyle Lowry doesn't have much left in him. So having a really good point guard on your team, I think, is key to success in the NBA. So, <clears throat> um, and like I said, the fact that the Raptors seem to be actively pursuing him and also the one thing that the Raptors obviously can offer him that no one else can is obviously the max contract. They can offer him more than anyone else. The Raptors are a bit tight on uh, cap right now, but it just seems to me like Van Vliet doesn't really have too many appealing options. I mean, you guys said the Knicks and that, so that's probably, especially now that the Phoenix Suns have uh, traded for Chris Paul, that takes the Suns Mm -hmm. off the board for signing Van Vliet. So, um, if I'm Van Vliet, I, I say he resigns with the Toronto Raptors. Okay, so I'll I'll make the case for the for why I think he goes to the Knicks, and it's two reasons. Um, neither of them really have to do with basketball, because why would you go to the Knicks for <laughs> basketball? But um, but for one, just fame and um, notoriety, because uh, being up in Canada, you're a lot less known when you're up in Canada. Sorry, Canadians listening. Um, but being compared to being in New York, the center of basketball, like it would just be a complete, he would just be, he would be leaving the Raptors where he's like the, some people would say the second, maybe the best or third best player. Like there's no consensus really with the Raptors um, type of player to go into the Knicks and he would become the best player since Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks instantly. So that's something I think that's going to weigh on him. And then also, too, um, well, this is kind of a basketball thing. So I think he's willing to, um, to like you said, the Raptors, they're in a cap crunch. So I don't think, I believe the Knicks will be offering him the most that they can. So I think he takes the money there because he's already won a championship with the Raptors. So it's not like he's got unfinished business in Toronto. Like he already has a ring. Now he can go make a lot of money with New York and get all those New York benefits. So that's why I have him going to the next. Um, the next player we have is going to be uh, Danilo Gallinari. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yes. But this is uh, one of Eric's former boys on the Thunder. Um, but none of us have him going back to the Thunder. 
me and Eric have him going to the Mavs, and then Connor's got him going to the Miami Heat. So, Eric, talk about uh, talk about why you think he's going to go to the Mavs. Eric? He's okay, on I... mute. Sorry, oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, I had okay. to do something earlier. I forgot I muted my mic. Sorry about that. I was like, <laughs> why can't y'all hear me? I'm talking. <laughs> um, so uh, what I was saying before I realized I was muted, uh, uh, from everything that I'm seeing, it's looking like it's coming down to him either going to Dallas or going to Miami. But the reason why I think he goes to Dallas instead of Miami is I really think Miami is – going to be pushing hard to make a play for Giannis next year. And in order for them to be able to do that, they're going to need to have as much room as possible because obviously they've already got Jimmy Butler to a lot of money. So they, they can't really be you know, bringing in guys that are going to cost a lot. And I think with the free agent, in terms of the star players available, there's not really – many options so i think gallinari's market price is going to be higher than what it normally would be if say a bunch of other big name free agents were available so i think dallas will pay him what he wants and uh they're going to bring him in just as a thunder fan i'm hoping they can do a sign and trade somehow at least get something for him but i don't necessarily see that happening uh but uh so that that's why i think he goes to dallas yeah, so <clears throat> the reason why I have him going to Miami is mainly because from what it sounds like to me, what the best course of option for Miami would be right now. Because obviously, I mean, like you guys, I expect Giannis to, uh, Miami Heat to pursue Giannis next season. But I think what the Heat are going to do this season is, because obviously they're coming off an NBA Finals loss. So in their minds right now, like Giannis is still a year away is there a piece that we can get for our team right now that can maybe propel us to uh, possibly get back there again? And, you know, who knows? Maybe we can win one before Giannis gets here. And it's why I think the Heat are going to give Gallinari just a one-year contract. Obviously, players, you know, they want longer-term deals. But given Gallinari's age, um, and obviously the Heat are a much better team than the Mavericks, so I think... The fact that his age, you know, he's getting up there and he's going to have to accept that he's not going to get super long-term contracts. And also the fact that the Miami Heat are a contender. And I think he'd pair really well with Bam Adebayo. You know, Bam's got that strong inside presence, whereas Gallinari is more of a stretch four. So I think he'd be a really good fit for the Miami Heat to bring in for this season. Um, and then, like I said, with the one-year deal, then they can clear out that space for Giannis uh, the next season. All right, moves to the fourth player on the list here, Montrez Harrell, um, coming from the Clippers, and we'll see what happens with him. But we all have him in different destinations. Uh, he's the most, biggest wild card for sure on this uh, list. So I've got him going to the Bulls. Eric's got him to the Raptors. Uh, Connor's got him going to the Hornets. I wonder why. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Couldn't be because the reason, I want them to sign him. <laughs> the, the reason I said the Bulls is just because I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the way the, with what the Bulls, I think, want to do when we did that rebuild talk, I went a lot of like what we did on the rebuild, um, the rebuilds from the past episodes we've had. I just think the Bulls make too much sense. I think they'll they'll probably overpay the most because I do think he's going to get paid a lot of money. Um, so I think I think he's the big target for the Bulls. 
Um, so we'll see. Uh, but I'm not too confident in it. Eric, what about you with the Raptors here? Yeah, definitely not definitely not locking this or anything, but um, I think Toronto makes a move for him because as Connor kind of already mentioned earlier with Van Bleet, most likely Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka are both going to be gone. So they're really going to have a need for a big man. And I also think Van Bleet is leaving as well as we saw earlier that I have him going to the Knicks like Zach does. So if they do lose all three of those guys, I think they're going to be desperate because they still want to contend since they've still got Siakam and they've still got Lowry. They got some other young guys like, you know, they, they still want to contend. And I think they then might get a little bit desperate and uh, get Montrez Harrell. Not that getting Montrez Harrell is like, not like he's a bad player or anything. Obviously he's pretty good, but, I think they're going to hit the panic button, though, if they lose all three of those guys. and like, oh, we got to get somebody, and he's the best available. Let's get him. That, that's kind of my logic for this. Yeah, so I've got him going to Charlotte. Um, like I said, I think this would be a good move for the Hornets, but there's a couple reasons why I think they're going to make it happen. One, the advantage that Charlotte has right now over you know the Bulls and the Raptors. I mean, maybe not the Bulls, but especially the Raptors that, and a lot of other teams is Charlotte has a lot more money. Even with Nicholas Bum's contract, the Hornets still have a lot of cap room to play with this season. So, especially since they're getting rid of Bismack Biombo's contract this offseason, so that that opens up a huge uh, amount of money for them. And Montrez Harrell, he would fit perfectly in with Charlotte. You know, they were he's a great scorer and a great rebounder, and the Hornets could certainly use some rebounding, um, given how not good at it Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo were. Um, and obviously PJ Washington still needs more time to develop. So I think Harrell is a good piece for the short term that the Hornets can sign to a, like a two or three year deal. And also another reason why these, this is probably one of the biggest factors into why I picked the Hornets. I was considering the bulls. They were my second choice, but, um, because he actually played college basketball with Terry Rozier and Montrez Harrell grew up in North Carolina, so he's got a lot of connections to the mm, to the yeah. area, and he's got uh, a connection to one of the players on the team. So um, I think that's going to draw Montrez Harrell to Charlotte, and also the fact, like I said, they can offer more money than most of the other teams. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I think Charlotte's more realistic than Toronto also, just because Toronto still is that, I mean... Uh, sorry, Canada, but it's Canada. <laughs> like you know, it's 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 always hard for them to get free agents. I know they're a well-run team and everything, but they always have that disadvantage of being north of the border. And when it comes to the NBA free agents, so we'll see. Sorry, sorry, Canada. Um, <laughs> uh, but now our last one is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, just saying that name three times. <laughs> But anyways, Connor and I have him going to the Bucks, and Eric's got him staying put with the Kings. So uh, let's hear from Eric on why Bogdan stays a King. Yeah, I was having a little issues. I don't know why earlier, but I was like, could not get his first name right. I was like, <laughs> Bohan, Boban, Bogdan. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, but be gone. Is, but yeah, be, be gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't have him being gone, even though I did say that as a <laughs> joke before the, as his name. But uh, my reasoning is pretty simple here. Like, I definitely get why the Bucks are high suitors for him. And I do think the Bucks are 
going to go after him. But it's a similar case, though, for me with Brandon Ingram. He is a restricted free agent. So the Kings can just simply match any offer that he gets. The question will be is if the Kings do decide to do that. But if I'm the Kings GM, even though they had a change in management and everything, if I'm the new Kings GM coming in, I'm still wanting to do everything I can to keep him no matter what the cost is because the Kings are in a similar dilemma as to Zach mentioned with Toronto. Like, obviously, they're not in a different country, but yeah, they're a team that has a hard time drawing free agents. They've been so bad for so long. Nobody ever wants to go there. So when you've got somebody who's pretty good on your team, you need to do what you can to keep them and not let them get away. I wish the Jacksonville Jaguars knew something about that. <laughs> uh, but, There's a lot of similarities that the Kings. Yeah, it, the it's, it's sad, honestly. But um, so they need to do what they can to keep him. He can be a good piece for them going forward. I mean, he's not a LeBron or anything like that. But when you're a team like Sacramento and you have a chance to for sure keep a good talent, you got to make it happen. Yeah, so I guess I'll speak for Zach and I here yeah. when it comes to the Bucks. Um, since I am gone, this is agent after all, and I'm going to be working pretty hard next season figuring out where he's going to go. But um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, so um, with Bogdanovich, I mean, to me it seems from what I'm hearing with him and the Bucks, like even if the Bucks don't get him in free agency, from what it's sounding like to me, the Bucks are going to at least make a play to try and trade for him. Um, I even heard some rumors that they were willing to take on Harrison Barnes' contract, which I don't know about that. But... How can they afford that? <laughs> <laughs> like... yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, Giannis still doesn't make too much money, so... Um, no, but yeah, got, like Middleton to a max and Bledsoe. Well, the thing, well, the thing about it, from what, I mean, they, they still... has a bad contract. Well, the thing is, they still have uh, a fair amount of salary cap room. I mean, because from what I'm reading, they could actually offer Bogdanovich an offer that the Kings either. I don't know if the keep in mind the wording here. I don't know if they meant that the Kings weren't going to match it because they didn't have the money or they weren't going to match it because they didn't feel like he was worth that. Um, But everything I'm one. But yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So um, but there's a lot of things that I'm seeing connecting him to Milwaukee. And also he'd be a really good third option for Milwaukee when it comes to their scoring, because obviously Giannis and Middleton are the top two. But behind that, I mean, Eric Bledsoe has been really bad. I mean, he's turned into the bum that he was for me in 2K19. If you watched any of the bubble um, with him in there. And obviously their outside scoring has been putrid. I mean, Giannis is three-pointer really hasn't come into it like he's he's slowly improving every year and he's slowly getting better but it's not to the point where it needs to be and if Middleton's having an off night then they need someone else that can be in the starting lineup because they've got some good shooters on the bench with Connaughton and Kyle Korver but um, you know in the starting lineup they need someone who's a reliable outside shot and Bogdanovich can be that he's a good scorer so I think he fit will fit right in with the Milwaukee Bucks Okay, I will say, because I was probably going to wrap up the show now, I will take back what I said to an extent. If the Milwaukee Bucks are willing to take Harrison Barnes off my hand, then I'd probably be willing to give them uh, Bogdanovich at that point. Like, Harrison <laughs> Barnes is like the Nicholas Bum to me, like with Connor and the Hornets. Like, I just, I swear he walked into that negotiations with the 
Kings with a gun or something. Like, I don't know how he got like that kind of money. I don't know. Like I kind of got it when Dallas signed him after he left the Warriors. Cause he, it looked like he had potential and everything, but then when he went to the Kings and they still gave him that four year, 22 million per year contract, I was like, what are they thinking? They're a bunch of, <laughs> we know, idiots. we know how you feel about that. <laughs> I seriously, man. So if, if the bucks, I mean, again, I don't know how they could afford this because Giannis well, maybe, maybe, maybe they've already, maybe they've they already got, sold themselves that they're not going to get Giannis. That could be what got, it is. Yeah, I don't know. They've got Giannis paying a good amount already. They got Chris Middleton to a max. Brooke Lopez has a fairly high contract. And then they're taking on Harrison Barnes' contract. And if they obviously they're going to sign Bogdanovich to a pretty lucrative contract, I, I don't see how they afford that. But, but they are willing to go into the luxury tax, I've heard already. So I don't know. But, but unless, if they're not willing to take Harrison Barnes, I'm signing the match the match sheet for Bogdanovich <laughs> but if you're willing to take care of some barns like let's go <laughs> <laughs> all right guys yeah so that's gonna wrap this episode up we'll see how these predictions come true next week and the weeks going forward for free agency so we'll see how it goes but until then remember be clutch bye see ya peace